Hi guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, a Mitrap podcast. So, how was your vacation, Mike? Oh, dude, it was it was a blast. I was all over. You were gone like two weeks. We we uh we conveniently snuck, split our pod in two, and recorded it all at once. I, I listened to it, and it, it was pretty seamless. So I, I didn't even realize. Yeah, we did that as like one what two and a half hour session just Mm -hmm. talking the last man and then spliced it into two parts so yeah i've been out of town it was nice went upstate new york saw some friends in new hampshire visited my parents and my brother uh and my nieces on long island so kind of a big loop of you know the northeast so it was good it was good how about you what's what's new uh finally so uh, this is the first pod i'm recording from my desk uh <laughs> so my desk was here but it like it just had a bunch of boxes and crap it, on top and in front of it so mike mike even commented when we got on the zoom he's like whoa i see books on the shelf and i can see the room and yeah so i finally my house is at a state where my anxiety level is lower so it's much nicer like walking in and not seeing you know just random crap everywhere you look pretty settled. You you look like you you hit your your groove. You're settled in, not just the background of your house, but you too. You just the last few pods. I was like, oh man, is he all right? Like, is this getting to him? But you, you got it together. Well, Caroline and the kids went to the beach last weekend, and uh, okay. I wasn't I wasn't gonna go to. My buddy has this annual boys retreat uh, of like all these. He has he's unmarried, and he has a lot of married friends. And so he invites him to his house and then golf and drink and play Civil War and stuff like that. So I wasn't going to go, but then she was like, no, you should go. And I went and I came back and I felt great. So, you know, I need some me time. All right. It seemed to have energized you. I can yes. tell. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to talk Mitch Rapp, man. Yeah, let's let's jump on the rap train. But since you brought it up, um, the last episode was great. And I've even had a few people tweet at us and comment that they really appreciated our analysis of The Last Man. And I mean, how could you not? The book is just fantastic. And so to anybody who reached out or enjoyed last week's episode, uh, thank you. Thanks for following us. We really appreciate having you. Yeah, no, when I look back on it, like, I don't know why I didn't have that in my top five or, you know, it's definitely, it's not in my top three for sure. Like, it's it's such a good book. Right. It's it's such a concise you know, we said it on the pod. It, it's it's a concise book that is jam packed, no fluff, right? Perfect from start to finish. You know, we couldn't. We we were even struggling to like find a loser at the end. You know, right? Like that, that's a sign of a good book. You know. Yep. So many well rounded characters who played a purpose. You right. Know, like the typical Vince Flynn's characters are not just that one character; they represent something. And with the mess that was Afghanistan and the mess that <laughs> is, Afghanistan is Afghanistan right now, currently. Vince, he's a soothsayer, right? Like what he did with those characters and the relationships between the different organizations they represented, just the clusterfuck that the things are. Man, if can we just vote for him next election? I'm going to write in Vince Flynn. I. That'd be let's, great. I mean, let's start it's the funny, campaign. It, it's kind of <laughs> ironic how we did Last Man, and then all this shit went down in right. Afghanistan. And it, I don't know. It was meant to be, I guess. And, yeah, and that was his book, his commentary on you know a post September 11th world, essentially. And 
and we were doing it right as things unfolded. It's like this podcast was just meant to be. Yeah, I don't know if you've had a chance to. I, I don't watch Fox News, so I didn't watch um, his interviews, but I did read his pieces. Jack Carr has had a couple nice opinion pieces about the whole situation. Obviously, you know, he was heavily involved uh, over there. And he just has some interesting insight. I know fans of the pod like him, so go go check him out. He has a couple nice pieces on, on his blog, just giving his thoughts. Yeah, it's a tough time because I even have my neighbor, uh, my, my grandma's neighbor, who she lost her husband early on in the war. Like, I think, I want to say 2005, 2006. And she just posted on Facebook, she was like, can someone just tell me like what this all means like why did i lose my husband and it's just it's very sad you know right um no i don't know right. it's a it's a t- tough time tough time everywhere I, yeah delta's uh, coming back and dude I, i'm I'm back in school and we barely back have any protections against this there's a lot going on man Anyways. well we we and our we listeners have mitch rap we yeah, have mitch rap we get to escape we get yes an hour together each week to dive into Mitch Rapp. I, I don't want to say escapism because Vince dealt with the problems of the world in a way sure. that a lot sure. of us, like he's he's even smarter, <laughs> you know, that a lot of you, me, our listeners, everybody. So it's not escapism away from reality, but just gives you a fun way to grapple with it and think about it. So, Right. And we have something to look forward to. Kyle's new book. Enemy at the it. gates. Yes. Yeah. I, I figured here we could uh, talk about any updates, but unfortunately, um, there haven't been. And I, I, this time last year, we had already had the dates for his virtual book tour. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I know that was like a special case because of, you know, how the pandemic was last year. Um, if they're even doing a virtual book tour this year, because uh, he is over in Spain, I think. So, right. They, um, I, I assume there'll be another virtual book tour. We haven't we haven't yet gotten a request to do an interview uh, for a virtual hour at some some different book book venue, but we're still waiting there. David Brown, the bus wouldn't mind getting that email saying <laughs> you know you get hooked up with Kyle for a virtual event, but uh, we we don't want to push too hard on that. Oh, I'll push. But, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't uh, seen anything about the tour either, but we can give you updates about how we're going to cover the newest Mitch yes. Rap book here on the pod. And we're actually going to call an audible. We decided to switch things up a little bit. And um, you'll be listening to this episode, I guess, next week after we record. It'll practically be September already. So we are going to make The Survivor our September book of the month. That way we can continue with the storyline of The Last Man. And it's been so impactful wrapping up Vince's final book that we want to do justice to that transition and that arc uh, that Kyle completed with the survivor. So we are going to hold off on Enemy at the Gates, which also gives you guys, the listeners, a bit of time to get the book, pre-order it if you haven't. We got to say that September 15th, I think, is the publication date. And so we're going to do Enemy at the Gates in October. That way you have a couple of weeks to pick up your copy, dig into it, then hear from us in October, which will also allow us September to do The Survivor and cover the transition to Kyle Mills. 
yeah, we're 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 only bumping it back two weeks. We're, you know, you're you're gonna get it early October, so uh, don't worry. But I'll just say, both me and Mike have read this book, and it's so good. We need the extra time to like think about it and break it down. So yeah, we, we won't say much more there. But you got to you know, I, I think this this book we like Total Power. You less than me. This book is way better than Total Power. Oh, you're and agreeing with me then. Okay. Oh, it's it's way better than Total Power. Okay. For okay. sure. Yeah. For sure. 100%. So, that's all we'll say. That's all we'll say. Well, actually, we'll say a little bit more, oh, but it okay. will only okay. be with our patrons because we know they're chomping at the bit. We love them. We appreciate them. So, we've got a date to hang out with our patrons, and as long as everyone on the call has read Enemy at the Gates, we could chat about that. We could chat about anything Mitch Rapp, and we just also want to get to know you and have you guys get to know us. So next Thursday, September 2nd, well, actually, by the time you listen to this episode, yeah, that will be this Thursday, (laughs) just a few days. September 2nd, we're going to be hanging out with our patrons, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. If you'd like to be involved in that, just sign up at patreon.com slash Pod. You'll get some podcast stickers. Uh, we're going to make a new order of bookmarks soon, so you get the first round of our newest bookmark we'll be dropping, and you'll be entered into our giveaways. You know, we've given away, what have we done, Chris? Maybe 10, 11 autographed Mitch Rapp books already, and we're going to continue the giveaways, so patreon.com slash Pod. Sign up, and you can join us uh, to chat Enemy at the Gates and have a virtual hangout event. Thursday, September 2nd. Yes. Mark's been bugging us about the date. <laughs> he he wants like, to talk enemy yep. gates, doesn't he? Yeah, yep, he does. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, Chris, all, right. all those updates, lots of info to throw at you, but tell us, what are we covering today? Right. So you mentioned earlier uh, Vince having these plethora of characters, especially characters that... Um, are not our main characters, but have an importance to the story. So, you know, kind of like we did with the Stansfield episode, where we sort of did a tribute, talking about him, his impact throughout the novels, we wanted to take a step back and look at some minor characters that are specifically involved with... Why am I blanking on his name? Scott Coleman. There we go. Are specifically involved with Scott Coleman and his team of the SEAL, Demolition, and Salvage, right? So, and we sort of came up with this topic because, you know, we lost a, one of the, the team in our last book, The Last Man. And, you know, Mike just went down a rabbit hole, picked a couple of these people that were, (laughs) that have been mentioned throughout the time being various parts of the crew and, you know, how they serve. So we just thought, you know, we'd go back, visit some of these people. Yeah. And just riff on this. Yeah, so we got Mick Reavers, and the other two are throwbacks to earlier events with Hackett and Strobel, Kevin Hackett and Dan Strobel. And I thought, hey, we lost Mick Reavers. I don't think he ever gets a mention again. I, I don't remember Kyle ever using his name. And Kennedy wants his body back from Afghanistan. We heard her say that. Uh, but we thought we'd give him a tribute because he's out of the picture. And then it made me think, who else was on Scott Coleman's demolition and salvage, you know, team? 
and Hackett and Strobel. They were in a bunch of books, and then they they just kind of disappeared. So yeah. uh, it's kind of a tribute to them as well because I don't re- I don't believe Kyle brings them up at all, and Vince hasn't brought them up in quite a few books. So we'll cover these three characters. Let Let me ask you a question: if If I were to just ask you, which of the three would you say show up in more of Vince Flynn's books? Like, out of these three or four names, would you say it's McReavers, Hackett and Strobel, or Joe Maslick that comes up the most? Like, what just comes to the top of your mind? Joe Maslick. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. He only comes up in three Flynn books. Really? Yeah. But Kyle uses them a lot, right? Right. Kyle has Maslick come up quite a bit. But when I was I was going through these characters, Maslick only comes up three times. What would you say between Mick Reavers and Hackett and Strobel? Mick Reavers. Mick Reavers is only in three books. Really? And Hackett and Strobel are in five books. The wow, early I didn't know that. The early Vince. That, that was the that was the core. Right. He I mean Hackett Along with Wicker, because Wick Wicker's been there since the beginning. Yeah, I think Wick's been in all of them and continues in Kyle's book. Right. So Right. But I, I remember Wicker was he wasn't a part of the team because he was actually still wasn't in term limits or one of the novels he was still um like in the military. Active duty. And then they, they get him out. It, like once he gets out, then Scott brings him onto his team. Was that maybe transfer of power when they needed him as a sniper? Yeah, that's what it was, transfer of power. Yeah. But yeah, I guess during transfer of power he was still active. Wow. Yeah, so so he he definitely is number 1 of the crew that is in most books. But I never realized Mick Reavers was only in transfer of power and he was not brought back again or mentioned until pursuit of honor. Hmm, interesting. That's eight eight books in between where Mick Reavers helped out with the hit on the White House and transfer of power. And then didn't show up again until he was the extra muscle in Pursuit of Honor. So I just didn't expect that. Prepping these notes, I was like, oh, McReaver's got to be in like five, six, seven books. And he only made three Vince Flynn books. Yeah, it's, I don't know, maybe like the McReaver's Hackett and Strobel, Hackett and Strobel. In my mind, they just sort of all three run together. Like they're the same character. And it's just like a different, because we don't really get a backstory on these guys, right? not much. We know Hackett and Strobel were SEAL Team 6 with Scott. Okay. He handpicked them. They were the first two in the company with him. I believe McReavers was a SEAL. Yes. Okay, yes. Because here's where we meet McReavers. Transfer of Power opens with Rap with the amphibious landing on the beach in Bandar Abbas. Right. And he rendezvous with a group that's going to help him attack the that safe house where they're harboring that terrorist he picks up. And so on the beach, when he first gets together with the group, we meet Mick Reavers. So Mick Reavers is one of the earlier characters. That we meet. That we meet in the whole Mitch Rapp saga. I guess excluding the term limits people. Right, but one exactly. of the first few people with rap that we ever meet. Right. And so here's what happens on the beach in Bandar Abbas. You know, 
I got my quotes. Uh, this is the first quote about McReavers. Rap pulled the group into a tight circle. He had worked with all of the SEALs on previous missions and greeted them individually. Harris had brought along four of his best. To Rap's right was Mick Reavers, a big linebacker type who weighed in at about 250 pounds. I'm a big boy. Big guy, big guy. I think there's a good quote about his size. Oh, yeah, and then in Pursuit of Honor, here's another quote describing Mick Reavers, and, and I like this one a lot. Mick Reavers was Coleman's one-man wrecking crew. He was built like an NFL linebacker, only meaner. That's awesome. So you get this impression of just this like giant, enormous guy. It, right. In my mind, I also think that uh, Joe Maslick is another big dude. Right. Versus, right, Wicker is described as this small, you know, right. sh- shifty, mousy guy who can get, yep. crawl in any spaces, hide and whatever. And then I guess Hackett and Strobel are just your average seal-looking dudes. Right. Not, not I mean, too sure big st- where they stand out. Not too big, but, you know. Yeah. Kind of like what Scott looks like. I think of Hackett, Strobel, and Scott looking pretty similar, but they don't have the blonde hair, blue eyes. Exactly. They're like, yeah. Just your your general American-looking SEAL dude who's not, like, super in-your-face, I'm a monster, like, six foot eight, 250. So, side note, uh, but kind of kind of related. In your mind, what does Mitrap look like? Oh, rap? I, I thought you yes. were going to say Reavers because I just started fan casting Mick Reavers in my mind. Um, in my mind, rap has long-ish hair, which we okay. all know, you know. Uh, so I, I actually think Gerard Butler with his hair well, slightly out of it, like to a T. That's that's what I picture. Okay, and then like build, like the same the same sort of build. S- same same sort of build as Gerard Butler. Like he's not that tall. He's super sort ripped, of average height. But yeah, ripped like in a way that you're not gonna be like, like oh three hundred bodybuilder. No, like three hundred. No, not three hundred no. ripped. Like actually, White not White House down. Olympus has fallen. Gerard Olympus Butler fallen. with longer hair. Like that is what I think of. Okay, so that's similar to what I think of. To me, he's a little bit skinnier, but still like ripped because he's like that athletic guy. True. Yeah, I, I'll agree. Yep. Um, yeah, for some reason, I always think of him as just a, like a skinnier Gerard Butler, but st- but not but skinnier, but like still muscly, you know. And a little darker. I forgot to add. Definitely yeah, a little more sure. olive tone. And like the eyes, like the you know, dark someone, black eyes. Yep. Someone who can obviously, we know that he can pass as you know, a native in a lot of these Middle Eastern countries, right? Right. They say, they at least Vince always says that. Right. Now, what do you think of for Scott Coleman? Uh, someone taller than Mitch, obviously? Taller, slightly lankier than Mitch. Slightly lankier. But um, almost like a Norwegian. Like, just... If you, if you just think of a typical Jack Norwegian dude, that's what I think of, even though I know he's American. But uh, he's got the blonde hair, the blue eyes. I think of like Chris Hemsworth esque, but a, right, a little yeah. bit tall, taller. Thor, you know. Yeah, no, I could see that. A um, little taller, less built. I don't know why. I, I guess Scott Coleman, you're right, would be beefier than Rap, but for some reason in my mind, I don't think that way. But he is. And so, all right, to take this full circle, who would you cast, or in your mind, you knowing these these two brief quotes about him being like a linebacker, 
give us a linebacker or, or you know, someone who you think could play McReavers. They obviously can't be too famous, but you okay. know. so back to McReavers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not good with actors and stuff, so I'll try to just think of like a character. Oh, I, I don't know. I can't think of like super huge actors that would be like that size. Do you have someone in mind? I think of like a really tall Vin Diesel for some okay. reason. Yeah. Okay. Like I, yeah, fat, fast like nine Vin Diesel, you know, when he's like jet or even like the rock. You know, yeah, I, I I think body type, both of those definitely work. And this is going to sound super weird, super weird. I think like if Jonah Hill were, <laughs> were, were jacked for some reason, just the facial look to me is what I think of as a McReavers. I know the body okay. type is missing, uh, but you you put his kind of facial features on a rock or a Vin Diesel type size body frame and that's for I don't know where this is coming from, but that's what I <laughs> think funny. of as a McReavers. Or uh this is deep cut. So John Favreau, but not the current John mm. Favreau like where he's fat and mm. you know he's in chef in the the, the you know, he's so slightly open. younger, more fit. One. So you remember him from? Did you ever see Four Christmases? Oh, with Vince yes. Vaughn. Oh, when he he was kind of jacked, wearing those tight yeah, t-shirts. Yeah, exactly. Thinking he was a wrestler, <laughs> right? Or yes, um, you're right. He was in the replacements where I think he played a linebacker. And he was like this crazy dude who was in prison. I don't know if you ever saw that movie with dude, Keanu I saw Reeves. That movie a long. Time <laughs> uh, that's a long, long. He was he was fit back in that movie. I wouldn't have even known he was in it to be honest. I saw it when I was freaking a kid. It was it was way you know probably before yeah he got, got super huge. But I Mick Reavers has to have you know when the traps super are broad, just bulging yeah. out exactly huge, those huge traps. You know when like huge you traps. can't tell where your neck ends and your traps begin. Like that's got to be Mick Reavers. Yes, holding sure. two suitcases for sure. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but he plays a pretty important role in transfer of power, right? He he helps Wicker mm-hmm. uh, get into position at the the post office when when they need need him to be that sniper. He's also you know point person for the whole parachute scene onto the roof. He saves, I think he saves one of his like his commanders like from falling off the roof. There's that whole scene Who, where like he they're coming in, yeah. yeah, they overshoot and he saves them. I remember that was like a great scene at the time. Augusta um, wind blew in and like he was right. I, his took, commander took, was going to fall off the roof of the white house with his shoot. Yeah. And I think Reavers just grabs him like he's dangling off the side of the white house and he just grabs him using the, putting those, you know, those traps and those lats to work. Right. Like I remember like at the time we nitpicked like the whole ending to, mm-hmm. to this book, but like right. there's, there's, there's little episodes within that ending that are, that are great. And that's one of them was, um, the whole, you know, hey ho, jump or hey ho, hey low. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I forget high, high altitude, high opening. I think. Yeah, I think it was hey ho, if I remember properly. Okay. I, I honestly don't know the difference. The uh, the military aficionados who listen to the spot are going to be are, are screaming at, at their phone right now. So. It was a halo jump. How did you not know that? <laughs> and then there's like that whole scene where he's just. Running out of the house, carrying two hostages. Yeah. Running out of the White House, carrying two hostages. You remember rap during that scene is like a freaking drill sergeant. He's like, move, move, faster. And he's getting all the people out. 
it specifically says like whoever was there, Hack and Strobel, or oh no, they weren't there yet. But this Dan Harris guy, which I'm curious, what happens? He he was Rivers in the military. Was not so. the commander of the group. Dan Harris was. So I'm wondering, like, where's he been? He never gets mentioned ever again. Right. And rap and Vince writes a little backstory on him, and rap seems to know him when they rendezvous at Bondar Abbas. So I'm like. Where's Dan Harris? But anyway, yeah. So they're all coming out the White House, and it's like each person was carrying one hostage, you know, who was injured or not moving fast enough. Reavers just picks up two hostages and just starts running with them out of the the White House before it explodes. Right, dude. That's that's good stuff. How is it that we don't see him for eight books after that? I would have never. I, I would have never a- guessed that. I guess maybe he doesn't blend in well. True. So true. Obviously, in transfer of power, we're talking about something that's you know just a, a military takedown. They don't really care about situational awareness. Right. Separation of power. You can't take him into Baghdad to impersonate Hussein. Right. Executive power. You can't take that you guy. You can't take into him in the, the Philippines. Jungle. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, yeah, well, so, yeah. and then I, I guess that, I don't, he could have been there Memorial Day. Memorial Day goes so fast. It's just too fast. You it, Rap just, can't even bring in any teammates. It's so fast. True. I guess he just has Scott, and that's it. And like, yeah. I'm sure there's like other men there, but it's just not, it's just not mentioned. Um. Yeah, and there's probably some books other that, you know, he just doesn't rely on Scott and his team that much. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just Scott and getting to, you know, him to do stuff. And Scott brings in Hackett and Strobel instead, his own men. Sure, right. Where Mick Reavers, it seems like if he's on the op that attacks the White House in transfer he's of power, he's he's active duty. Right. When Scott Coleman is not even mentioned, because you know basically Scott is only known by Stansfield from the whole term limits thing, and he's kind of doing black ops for Stansfield, or is about to, in the third option. So yes, yeah, Scott and crew was not brought in during the transfer of power raid. So yeah, McReavers as of now it seems is is distance from Scott's company, which actually mm. probably hasn't even been founded yet, perhaps. Yeah, I, I've always wanted to get an explanation of like the timeline of when term limits. Like that would be one of my questions that I would ask Vince. Like when term limits ends, when does pursuit or when does a transfer of power start? Right. Is it like eight months? Is it eight years? Not, not eight years, but like years are we talking years months days (laughs) well so you know i went down the rabbit hole and when i was rereading some of the scenes you know which one came up was the description of the baseball game the orioles game Mm, yes and there were more clues in that than i originally picked up on so yeah when scott is basically I think, yeah, it's it's the third option. When we're first hearing about Scott's company, we first meet Hackett and Strobel. Scott is talking to Hackett and Strobel, and they're like, where the hell are we going? They're kind of questioning him, like, what is this mission? You usually bring us into the fold and tell us. And Scott's like, I guess I'm going to have to tell them something. And in his mind, he's like, we're actually going to help out an old friend, Thomas Stansfield, and Iron Man. And that's when right. I, I forget if it's Hackett or Strobel, but as soon as they hear Iron Man, one of them kind of like shits the bed. 
oh, uh, Hackett. Kevin Hackett goes, oh, fucking James Bond. And then they both start like, this shit must be real. And that's when Scott's like, do I tell them about my relationship with Iron Man? And Scott recalls the baseball game. Listen to what he says about when he saw a rap. Listen to this. So Scott bumps into Michael O'Rourke and Liz O'Rourke at the game, who were on a double date with Anna, with Anna Reilly or Anna Riley and Mitch. And Scott says, quote, sitting across the table was someone he, Scott, hadn't seen since he'd left the SEALs. Coleman had seen him operate in the field twice. They were about to cross paths again. You know what that means? Scott ran into Mitch twice after kill shot because he says rap was in the field right so okay. All right. scott ran into mitch while he was still presumably in TLC, uh, seal team six yeah or commander of seal team six so something that scott did before term limits before he went off and snapped in term limits he crossed paths twice with mitch after mitch's training I still love how, like, Scott was the villain of Term Limits. Like, he w- the villain, but not the villain, you know? Right. And it's just never mentioned again. Like, no. <laughs> he gets completely changed into a different character. Like, he he's a completely different character, kind of. But, like, it, it's not mentioned that he took out four senators, you know, or, or two a, a congressman and, and two senators or whatever. Okay. I don't know. It's it's just crazy. Um, okay, there's one. That sounds like a crazy, like you got to suspend belief, you know, to kind of move on. But there's one reason I buy it. And it's the power of Thomas Stansfield. True. No, you're right. You're right. What Stansfield does in that conversation to bring Coleman in. Well, that's essentially him turning. It's like, it's the spy is being a spy master and and flipping an asset. He's flipping an asset. That's why I buy it. Because if Stansfield could do all of that behind, you know, the Iron Curtain, and he can turn people, you know, if, and he can work these, like, triple agents and, and, and mastermind all that. I have no doubt he could take someone who was so seemingly off the deep end that they assassinate the Speaker of the House and convince them to work for us and channel that patriotism. Because Stansfield recognized Scott, a SEAL Team 6 commander, going off the deep end would not be good for America. Uh, no. he, he would be enforcing his own term limits, you know, and we never get him. And the power of Stansfield to work him into the fold, I I think that's plausible. Yeah, no, you're right. Like it's it's Stansfield is the one who brought him back to the light. He has the leverage on him. So Scott can never, you know, mm-hmm. change allegiances because oh well, you're you're gonna go to jail because I have evidence that you took you killed a United States senator. Right. And a congressman. You know, so and the other thing is, we do know Scott still has a bit of that streak in him when he accepts Kennedy's orders without asking questions. Yeah, like Kennedy, like Mike Kennedy has those files too. So, well, Mike Nash was right to question Kennedy in the Last Man, in the sense of she was saying spy on the FBI, and like by the book, anybody with half a brain would know that one day. That's gonna tur- that's gonna bite you in the ass, and you're gonna be hauled in front of a committee, and you broke the law, you know. Scott saying yes, ma'am, right away, and is so willing to you know, bug the FBI and like 
track them down and do all her dirty work shows he still got that edgy streak of I'm your black ops guy. So Stansfield didn't 100% clean Scott up, but put him on a path to have his own company, to work for the United States government, to to join the good guys. Scott's arc is, is awesome. If you include term limits. Without term limits, he's a little flat. Yeah. But I think like having term limits there really fills out the character. It makes it more substantial. It really does. And then his relationship with Seamus also was pretty deep. Michael O'Rourke's grandfather. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of dimensions to Scott that you wouldn't see if you just think, oh, you know, he, he runs the SEAL company. He does our dirty work. There's a couple books that he plays a bigger role, but most books he's just like back in the shadows. Right. But we'll have to, we'll have to do a whole a whole episode on Scott one day. Yeah, Scott will definitely have his uh, time to shine. Glad to see that Kyle definitely uses Scott quite a bit. Yes. Here and there, it's spotty in some books, but most of the time. My, my favorite Scott scene with Kyle is when, not favorite, but like, when he's being taken, he gets like taken down by Grisha and you think like he's dead, you know, like that was like, oh shit moment. Yeah. Kyle did some, and it shows like that. how in that moment, you know, how talented or how, um, scary Grisha Azeroth actually is. Right. Know? I can't wait to talk about him too. He's a, he's a cool character. I'm yeah. I'm really excited for him too. Uh, yeah. Kyle got that part right. Big time. Yeah. So, some of Kyle characters are. Are very good. Yep. Hey, Hack and Strobel, since we got there in third option when we meet them, here's oh, wait, a little bit. You, mm-hmm. Sorry, just before you go on, you forgot to mention. So the whole reason we went down this rabbit hole was because the last time we see McReavers is in The Last Man. The Last Man, he yep. Is unfortunately taken out. And there's a mention is like this deep relationship between Joe Maslick and Mick Reavers. Right. Yet that's the only time we've ever seen them together. I thought right. that was interesting. Um, instead of putting maybe Mick Reavers, instead of like having Mick with, say, a Hackett or Strobel, you know, or, or just Scott in general, like to have Maslick be that, it kind of, it, I guess it adds like a different element to know like Maslick's been there a long time and, Everything that we don't see off book, like they're building these deep relationships. So, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Maslick, when he sees Reavers goes down, go down, he flips a switch. Like he just turns, he goes beast mode uh, in that fight at the vet in Last Man. Exactly. It, I, I, yeah, and what a relationship just in a few sentences you know these two have. You know, when one loses a teammate... Yet, in all the Vinsolin books, those two have never been together. And it's actually only their each of their third books. You know, Mick only had two books, and Maslick only has had two other books besides Last Man. Yet, their bond was so deep when they were in the trenches together. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, speaking of two, two friends with a deep bond, Hackett and Strobel actually... I only found one scene where they were separated. I was gonna, just about to ask you that. Without the other. Because every single time it's always Hackett and Strobel. Like mm-hmm. Hackett and Strobel. Like mm-hmm. I, was, I was just about to ask you, do we ever see them not together? Okay. It was, it was such a small detail that one was driving Mitch somewhere. 
and the other one wasn't okay. mentioned. And it was the only scene I've ever seen one of their names mentioned without the other also. This is, was... this is the power of a uh, Kindle audio, like uh, word find, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Being able to search in the Kindle is how I, I, I went through every one of the Mitrap books and just searched Mick Reavers, Hackett Strobel, Joe Maslick, and, um, and just tallied which ones they were in. All right, here, here's that scene, though. Act of Treason. So we had Hackett and Strobel for one, two, three, four, five books. Everything from third option through consent to kill. And they were never mentioned apart from each other until Act of Treason, which I think you'll remember this scene. Rap was in hot water trying to investigate the man with the red hat who blew up mm. the motorcade. Right. And so he has to get back to America, but he knows the authorities are going to be waiting for him at the airport. Strobel shows up at the airport and does the bait and switch with the vans. He, right, he pretends right, to be right, a maintenance right. worker and he takes Rap and his hostage that he, he exfilled into a van and, and they drive off together. But that's the only time Strobel was mentioned without Hackett. Interesting. Oh, and then, actually, here's another thing about Act of Treason. You want to know Mitch Rapp trivia? Get ready for this. Hackett is the one later in the book who goes with Wicker to the bank to blackmail, I think it's a Swiss banker, at the safety deposit box for Gazich, the guy in the red hat. Right, right. And out of all the five books they're in, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five books are in. This is the only book where Hackett is spelled with one T. Interesting. They didn't get caught. They didn't get caught. Hackett with two T's in every other book. I may be wrong, but for some reason, I feel like Scott Coleman one time was spelled with one T. You like, think? No. Because it. I'm 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 probably you're thinking Harvath, man. Ah, oh, you know, that's what it is. I'm like, why am I thinking this? It's Scott Scott with one T. Yeah, Scott, Scott with one T is Harvath. Never mind. Never no, mind. but can can you imagine if there's one mention in one Vince Flynn book where they purposefully left out the second T, just kind of as a as a nod to Brad Thor, because so many people confuse them, right? The two Scots, one exactly. T, two Ts. I wonder if they ever. Ah, I wonder if they ever did that. No, it's probably just Vince forgot how to spell his minor character's name. I wonder if that's similar to Anna Reilly, Anna Riley, with the I and the E being. Yeah, switched. exactly, exactly. Or Mary Maureen. That one. All right. That's what you need dude. to do. If, it's Maureen for the next. Did you go back and go? You could Google search this like Maureen and Mary in in Transfer of Power. Hold on. I'm going to defer to the de facto source, the world's biggest Mitch Rapp fan, Ryan Steck. I was looking through his blog, and it was Maureen the Dream Elliot. So I think if Ryan Steck is calling the shots, I'm okay with that. It's Maureen. Okay, and then so then later on, when we get to American Assassin, it's now Mary. American Assassin is the only book where it says Mary instead of Maureen. Every other time the story's recalled or mentioned in a, not a flashback, but like a, a recall, it's always Maureen. Mm, For okay. some reason, so I'm not, American I'm not, Assassin. I'm not insane. I'm not insane. No, no, no. Mary was I, in American Assassin. It, that's what they called her, but I don't know. 
it it, sh- it shocked me when I heard George Waddell say say Mary like right. and I was like did did he read that wrong? Right. But then you said it was in your Kindle. It said it came as it came up as Mary. I even looked in my hard copy um, of American Assassin, and it was Mary. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. See it. It's only here, right here, folks. I was doing this deep dive. You're gonna you're gonna get this detailed analysis. Nick picking some nits. <laughs> that is the ultimate trivia question. In what book is Kevin Hackett or, <laughs> spelled no, no, with one no. T? You could do that one, but also you could do the whole Mary Maureen. Yeah. What, what were the two names of of Mitch's first love who died in in an airplane crash? Even just her last name would be uh, a good trivia question. What did you just say it was? I I don't know it. The Maureen Hanson. I think it was Elliot. Let me just double Elliot. check that. Maureen the Dream Elliot, Mitch Rap fan. Shout out to Ryan. That's good it on that. Oh, I messaged I messaged Ryan because you know, and just maybe. Uh, in, to be open to our fans. Ryan Steck is the world's biggest Mitch Rapp fan. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody on planet Earth can ever claim that title. He's the king. But we have also had an open invitation for him to come on this pod since the first day we started this project. We'll clear the schedule. We'll make the time for Ryan Steck himself, the real book spy, to come on. I uh, basically said, I'm going to stop bothering him. I'll step back, slow my roll. So I sent him one last message and said, hey, you know, don't want to push. So you won't hear from me again. But just know it's an open invitation if you ever would like to come on the pod. So I'll of leave course. it at that. would love to have him on the pod. Yeah. Elliot. Yep. Just looked it up. All Marine right. Elliot. Here's a question. While we're just bantering, kind of got away from our, our plan here. Um, <laughs> that was fun. I bet people like this. I bet people are like, can you just chat about random topics more often? <laughs> or not. We'll see. We'll see how the ratings look on this it, one. We'll see how the ratings look on this one. Although, Could be the last time we do this. You know which episode had one of our highest ratings? The Thomas Stansfield tribute. So maybe mm. we are onto something. Who knows? Okay. Or what was I just mumbling about? Oh. You're saying while we're here. While Shooting we're the shit. doing random randomness, do you think we ever get middle names for anyone? Mitch, Scott, Marcus, Irene? Nothing mm. comes to mind. We don't know Mitch's middle name. I don't know. I don't think we would have missed it. I think if it if it ever came up, I think we would have said something on the pod, and we definitely have not. Mitchell Rapp. Mitchell, yeah. All right, we need to get it on that, or or the fan, or the Twitterverse. We we need the, the Twitterverse. Mitch Rap Pod Twitterverse. Does anyone know Mitch Rap's middle name? Oh, we gotta ask. We gotta ask Kyle that question. Kyle would know, or, or you know what? He'd be able to make it up. Whatever comes yeah. out of his mouth, there it is. Boom. <laughs> we need tweet at Kyle tonight. What's Mitch's middle name? Well, Mitch or anybody. I mean, I Mitch feel like if, Eugene Rap. If anybody had a middle name in the series and it was told to us, for some reason, I feel like it would have been Kennedy. Yeah, like, for sure. At Dr. Some Irene something, Louise something Kennedy, Kennedy, something like that. Right. Right. But here, here's another one we could do one day. All the aliases that Mitch has used throughout the Mi- books. 
My favorite is Mitch Cruz, baby. Mitch you Cruz. And there was one book, Mitch Cruz with a K. Right, I Mitch Cruz I think I saw K. one of them, Mitch Cruz with a with C. With a C. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Cox. Mr. Cox. Iron Man. I just think it's so bold. He uses his, his actual first name. <laughs> Mike Rapp. Wasn't there one of them? No. There was one where he did Mike Rapp. Yeah, he for did sure. Mike Rapp, yeah. Yeah. There's probably a few we're missing. There's definitely a couple that were missing. I think he says Sherman at one point, or was that Hurley? That was Hurley. That was Hurley. Sherman. When he's being interrogated. Yeah, Tecumseh. Yeah, Tecumseh. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. There was definitely another rap. There's probably a few more rap aliases that were missing. All right, that could be a rap on rap one day. Yeah, there we go. By the way, guys, if you are enjoying this banter, we have a separate podcast series. The Rap on Rap series, where at least once a month, sometimes more, we'll release extra podcast recordings just like this. Free time, freestyle, Chris and I. So uh, if you're enjoying this episode, you want more of this style, patreon.com slash Pod, and you can get more of this in your podcast feed every week. It was pretty funny that you, you thought of that to look up have we ever not see them together because i was i was distinctly seeing that but you know just to bring it back to hacking the trouble before we finish up they they play you know they've got some scenes. a little they got some scenes yeah um what's your favorite one if if you're looking at this list what are you like damn hacking strobel or badass yeah, which one of these scenes um probably like when they help in the filipino jungle yep that's probably my favorite scene with them Mm-hmm. Because they're they're with Scott or, or with Wicker, like climbing through, mm-hmm. like having to go like through the mountains and try to get get up to that, you know, in time for like Mitch's thing. Um, that's pretty cool. I think they strategize too. Like I remember Wicker was because he was so quick, he'd go ahead mm-hmm. like a scout and scout things out, and like Hackett and Strobel were like Overwatch somewhere. They were radioing in. So yeah, that I like the stealth of that scene for sure. I like the Jansen scene because it's pretty early on in the third option when they're set up on this overlook watching the Jansen's oh, pull into right. their driveway. Right. And they think they're just going to spy on them and, and track them. And then someone, I think it was Doozer, Doozer pulls up, guns down the Jansen's. And then they're like, what the hell was that? And. They were already freaked out about working with Iron Man, and then they were expecting to just, you know, follow this couple, not knowing right. who they were, and then they just get brutally gunned down. And I feel like that was a memorable scene. They were on Overwatch with Scott. And they also Scott has them sent to Donatella. Yeah. Bring her back bring her back from Italy after she kills Peter Cameron. Yeah. They're on watch. Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. We missed a big one. The phosphorus grenade down the mouth of Prince Rashid at the end of Consent to Kill. They're there because remember how Rap got to the prince in that complex, like that Alhambra in Spain? They they pretended... The ex, yeah, yeah. They got, oh, it was Scott. Scott hooked them up because of his military contractor buddy they got the uniforms of prince rashid's guards hack and strobel got them and they carried rap in like he was injured 
Oh, no, no. They, they carried they played... in the terrorist that they captured because right. he was injured and beat up. And he's like, they say the angel of death is here. They say the angel of death is here. Talking about rap. And then rap shows up and just pops everybody. Right. It was Hacking right. Strobel, yeah. I think, who, who donned the uniforms and snuck no, in with them. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah, they have some pretty good scenes. And then after Act of Treason, we don't ever see them again. That's it. No mention. Not no their ghosts. Interesting. They're, they're gone. Yeah. You think we lose them? You think Scott lost them in an op or does Scott fire them? I wouldn't say fire. Or do they retire? I think they just retire because they were there pretty early on. But, And so they're pretty early on and they're already out of the right. seals. So yeah. they're whereas, just doing contracting work. Reavers was there early on, but he was still active duty. He's still so active, yeah. He's, I mean, but Scott's still there and kicking. But uh, Scott's old. Scott's old. Yeah, Scott. You said what? He was fifty in Last Man, which means that's what they say. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think they just get out. Yeah. Hey, good for them, right? Like, do your time, serve, go work in the private sector, make a buttload of money, and. And that's a pretty solid ending for them if they just disappear because how many times have we been in Rap's head talk it like even in Transfer of Power talking about you can't get out and third option right. is definitely about you can't get out. Hack and Strobel seemingly took the money, earned it, and got yeah. out. We could hope. I think uh I remember one time Irene was saying that like the government contracts that Scott's company gets mm-hmm. affords them big buku bucks. They're the know? good ones. He's yep. he's making a, a lot of money from the United States yep. government. So, yep. I think it's like a Blackwater type of thing. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably even less like in the public eye, though. Yeah. Like on the official ledger. Well, we know like a lot of stuff that Mitch does is not on the official ledger. Yeah, that's Stansfield's money, though. Especially like all the, yeah, every time like we go to a random house that's like that house out in Virginia that's not on the books, right? That's been owned by the CIA for right years, and that's the money stream that Stansfield set up with all the senators, right? Exactly, we're in his pocket. Yeah. Yep. 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 Cool, man. That was fun, and uh, I think and hope we did justice to the good old boys. Mick Reavers, Kevin Hackett, two T's, and Dan Strobel. Yeah, no, that was fun. I like doing these character analysis, talking about these, uh, each character arcs, even if we only get them for a short time. Yeah, and three characters that don't continue with Kyle. So that helps us wrap up Vince's writing before we transition. And Kyle really leans on Maslick and Coleman. Sure. And Marcus, uh, I think Kyle has definitely brought in quite a bit. So, Reavers, Hackett, and Strobel. I think this is this is it. Say la vie. Yeah, we get um, Kyle brings back some other characters. Donatella makes a reappearance. Right, right. Um, we get a new one like Grisha um, and the Russian president. Mike Nash has like... uh, somewhat of a role to play here and there. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, I checked on well, Sydney Hayek. Do you remember we were wondering if Sydney Hayek comes back in the yeah, Survivor? Yeah, does she ever come back in? Unfortunately, she's not even mentioned in the Survivor. Mm. 
And if if she was going to come up, I figured that would be the book, right? For sure. She was so deep right. in this investigation. But no, B.B. Kincaid, we'll get to her next month. Oh, B.B. is a character that, right. that uh, Kyle likes to use. You know I who like else her. Kyle made who I really like, who was still around as of Total Power? Fred, the the pilot. Fred Mason. Yeah, Fred I like Mason. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it, oh, Bruno McGraw. That's one of Kyle's mm-hmm. babies. Yes, Bruno he McGraw. He adds to the team. Bruno McGraw is Kyle Mills. Mc, Mills is McReavers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Essentially, yep. Who yeah. else is in that crew? You got Maz, Bruno, Scott. Is there one more? You know, I'm going to pay more attention to this going forward now. Yeah, I think that's it, though. Yeah, I think it is. That's that. I'm thinking right. of that chase scene in Lethal Agent or the helicopter scene at the pub at the cafe in Total Power. And I think it's just Bruno, Maz, and Scott. Right. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, when we come to you next time, we're going to be giving you an interview with. You want to introduce them, Mike? Yeah, we're going to have on some friends from the Self Defense podcast, Greg and Doc. So if you want to. Tune in, check out some of their work before you hear from them with us talking about Mitch Rapp. Uh, They run a podcast all about self-defense. I believe they are instructors in martial arts and have a self-defense training academy that that looks kind of unique. We're going to break down some hand-to-hand combat scenes, some of the weapon choices in the books, and and they're huge Mitch Rapp fans. So we're just going to talk rap with them. And... um, yeah, you can check them out, the Self Defense Podcast. Cool. All right. Be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah. So, as always, we got to thank our patrons, including our special operator, Sherry F. Our Ooh, actually, special I agent. got one. I'm sorry. Oh. What if, to get ready for that podcast next week, if you have a favorite Mitch Rap fight scene, any sort of fight scene, hand to hand combat, action scene, you want us to break down with the guys at the self-defense podcast, let us know, hit us up on social media and we will try to bring it up next week when we talk to them. Boom. Yeah. We'll post that on social. Sorry um, to cut you off. No, it's okay. We'll post that on social. Uh, get it, get to us. We'd love to discuss, you know, what you guys think. So as I was saying, our special Ooh, agents, okay. <laughs> George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Captain Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark subscribe, rate and review. Find us at MetrapPod.com or on Twitter or Insta at MetrapPod. And as always, just let Mitch be Mitch. Just a disclaimer, this podcast is not affiliated with Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills, or Simon & Schuster. But thank you to them for bringing us the wonderful world of rap. And the music soundtrack is Gorilla Tactics by Raphael Crooks.